Hi folks, this is Deceptively Clever, a history podcast that's casual about the truth. I'm Justin, and we're about to call John. Today, there's a pretty big object about which I offer two true statements and a complete lie. There's also some pretty heated beverage chat in this one. I hope you enjoy. what annoys me John what's that I think it's gonna be something that annoys you as well every single time I open Skype to do this podcast a little thing comes up while it's taking an annoyingly long amount of time to load that says Skype cannot be used for emergency calls it never would have occurred to me that Skype (laughs) could be used for emergency calls but now I'm just annoyed that if I was in a dire situation Skype would be no help to me it's like it's it wasn't a problem like... until they told me it is a problem. And now it's annoying. They haven't got your back at all? They haven't got my back, no. Like, like, you sure, you can it. do a stupid podcast on it, but don't go thinking this is for anything serious. Oh, I suppose you could... I was like... <laughs> my head was assuming that you can't even call like someone you know in an emergency. But I'm sure that's allowed. It's more like 999. Oh, it's 100% 999 But still. What is the emergency number in Australia? Triple zero. Triple zero? Hmm. Weird. At least we both figured out that you'd use the same number. America's like, yeah. what's the next number we've got in line of three-digit numbers? 991? 911. I don't know. And, what, and what's furthest away from the nine? That's, That's annoying, a good point. That, that is annoying. Oh, God, someone's dying, but I have to reach all the way up here for the ones. Yeah, what if you could only reach the nine? Oh, but you're, like off a, you're off a cliff, and you've got one of those old phones where it's got, like, the full number pad. It's like you can just reach the nine, and you ring 999, but you're not in a good country, so it doesn't work. Oh, dear. And then that doesn't work, so you try using Skype, and then they won't help you. <laughs> and then... And then a disaster happens. Thanks, Skype. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not sponsoring this epi- this episode. Skype. Skype. <laughs> or their corporate overlords. Yes, uh, whoever they are. We've kind of wandered into my to- object territory, so how about we get my stupid one out of the way quickly? Yeah, and... sure. I'm actually going to write something down this time. Saying that, I don't have a pen or a paper around, so I'm using a Sharpie and a work rotor, but... That's good, you can't click anything. Before we get going, I'll just give you a little tip. Don't ask too many questions about this one. <laughs> okay, I'll try not to ask too many questions when I try and work out what you're lying about. For the podcast, about. where we're going to talk about the object, just don't talk about it too much and everything will be fine. Bold okay. strategy if a criminal walked into an interrogation and said, by the way, guys, <laughs> don't ask too many questions. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, actually, when we get a little bit higher up you, this thing, you will come to appreciate why that might be in your favour. However, I've sent okay. you the picture. Do you think you've received the picture? I have received the picture. Okay. We are going to discuss, in a very sensitive manner, 33 Thomas Street, Tribeca, Lower Manhattan, New York City, also known as the AT&T Long Lines Building. Would you like to describe for the people at home what you're looking at, John? I'm looking at a building that looks like a giant monolith. It's 
bit intense looking, but it's, uh, I don't know, hard to describe. Big rectangle with four smaller rectangles on top. How's it that? It is <laughs> exactly a big rectangle. It's a building. It's a really large build. No, it's a moderately sized building in Manhattan from the brutalist architecture period, a little bit after, inspired by. It's 170 metres tall. There are only 29 floors, but the floors have very high ceilings, on average 5.5 metres, which is pretty high for an office office block. It was described as probably being the world's tallest blank wall. Those big black squares you're talking about at the top and bottom are vents, and this building is interesting, John, firstly, because it has no external windows at all. I was going to say, I can't see any windows. None. Nothing from the outside. All there is is a door at the bottom. I'll tell you what it reminds me of, and this is very... I don't, I'm not sure if you'll get this, but it, it looks a bit like um, Darth Vader's castle. <laughs> oh. Haven't seen Star Wars for just anger, the very small audience we have so far, which probably has a you very high crossover. Wars? Like, I've seen some of the later ones. When I was a kid, I was taken to one of the... One of the ones that nobody didn't like before they released more that nobody else likes. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure I I've know, seen... I didn't know you hadn't seen Star Wars. I've seen some of the one where Anakin races, and I've seen <laughs> some of the ones where presumably Anakin kills the kids, but I haven't seen all of it. Those are t- the two key moments in the whole of the <laughs> Star Wars series. That's mostly what I know about here. And I also have no idea where... Just is an, on an unrelated note. I have no idea where the phrase... Luke, I am your father, it comes from. But those are all the things <laughs> I know I, about the world. But I know about it. Yeah. I'm just gonna, well, there we go. You have angered some people, I'm sure. You're welcome. I'm shocked, but... Uh, You're shocked you and go. dismayed. Yeah. Just Google image search Darth Vader's castle. Oh, okay. A bit of reverse, bit of reverse Google image searching here. I mean, this one has more lava. It's called Fortress Vader, I think. He named it after himself. Yeah, yeah like he's that. a bad guy, isn't he? It's bad faith. Yeah, but he was like, not really, though. I mean, obviously it was, but I don't know. I haven't seen him. I wouldn't know. <laughs> What's it called? Vader's, Vader's Castle? Vader's Castle. Castle? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, that's kind of exactly... That's This building is like if 33 Thomas Street and that big thing in Mordor had a child, it would be this. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the big thing in Mordor. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? With the big eye in it. I've seen the film. <laughs> We've just lost... Okay, back to, Tom, back to Tom. <laughs> and hello to Michaela now. Um, <laughs> uh, I just think Canada's not a great country. Um, yeah, back to 33 Thomas Street. So Bye. there's no windows. This building has its own gas supply, its own water supply. Most buildings have their own water supply. Food and electricity generators. It could withstand nuclear fallout for 1,500 people for two weeks, and it's probably one of the most secure buildings in America. Do you have any idea what this building probably is used for, John? Well, did you say AT&T? Yeah, it's a telephone exchange. Yeah, aren't they? What's... They built it as a, as a primarily um, international or long-distance call switch centre and to sort of inter- interlink with other competitor carriers. Does that sound a little bit odd to you? Yeah. I think that's something shady going on. I also thought that sounded a little bit suspicious. If you just put all of those details together and then say this is a telephone carrier's building, shall we get into the statements so some of this makes a little bit more sense? Yes, please. Okay, firstly, we're just going to get the boring one out of the way. This is probably a 
an important location of the NSA's mass surveillance operations. So probably NSA. At which point I'd like to say hello to the FBI agent listening to our podcast now. I hope you're enjoying it. Let us know what you think by tapping on my window late at night. Send us an encrypted message or some Bitcoin. I'll look out the window to see some flashing in the distance and it'll be Morse code. <laughs> yeah, my very and quiet it'll, stream it'll just Tasmania. Say, <laughs> it'll just say, translate into, needs work. <laughs> <laughs> and then you send one in the other direction. These guys are definitely not a risk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> needs work, but they're safe. Safe idiots. That could be a new tagline. Uh, you ready for statement <laughs> two? I am ready for statement two. My pen is ready. In 1991, a small oversight resulted in 5 million calls being blocked in a single day. Small oversight, 5 million calls blocked in a day. I've got a question. Sure. I'll save it for later then. (laughs) That is usually how this worked. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll let you carry on. (laughs) Statement number three... (laughs) There was a workers' strike in 1983 due to the conditions of the building. Workers' strike, rubbish building. Good statements. I do have a flaw with one of them. Oh, what's that? Well, you've said, you've used the word probably in one of your statements, which isn't exactly the best for a, <laughs> a truth or lie um, podcast. Are you talking about statement one, NSA? Yeah. 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 What ha- The NSA don't come out and say... Yes, this is one of our surveillance locations. Yes, this is a top secret govern- government uh, office. I was I was wondering what use it would have now because it's it looks intense, doesn't it? We still it's have telephones, building. John. That's true. Yeah, but you don't need a telephone exchange anymore, do you? It's like a, a yeah. The telephone networks still have network things to do. It's still an AT and T building. Okay. I don't I was, know. We'd, I'm no, just imagining no. like a like a big building full of switchboard people. Yeah. I think this shows how little I know about how phones work. There aren't a lot of... Like, the pictures of the inside aren't very useful, and they have always maintained that security was the most important feature of the building. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what to tell you. I imagine that the, that's why the ceilings are high, because they had to get their big things in there. But modern telecommunications companies still need data servers and whatever mechanical infrastructure... It does interest the me that there's. It does interest me that there's only, is it twenty nine floors, hmm. on this massive building. That's pretty cool. I uh, yes, and there's three basement floors, which I think are included in that. They must have a big lift. Oh well, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> right, let's get into some statements. Okay, what are um, you going? Criticise me for first. Let's go with the first one. Why do they think it's the NSA? Is it just because it's a big, scary? security building it feels to me like it's the kind of thing people whispered about for a long time but then a little known chap called edward snowden don't know if you've heard of him he um dropped a couple of files off the back of a truck (laughs) and um he found something yeah he, he happened upon some some potentially sensitive information and there's lots of things that refer to a building that people kind of like Gavard was in New York as a location where serious surveillance is done. And, you know, they put two bits of string together. <laughs> they came up with a huge concrete building that doesn't have any windows 
maintain security and happens to have access to all of the world's telephone calls, faxes and internet as a possible location for that. Yeah, it sort of just sort of lends itself to that uh, conclusion, doesn't it? It's not a huge leap, let's be honest. <laughs> and is there any other proof other than that, or is it just that it's people have put two and two together? Um, journalists will often do stories on it, which amazes me because I know full well that would be difficult. And there'll be people who will like super anonymously say government stuff happens in there. Yeah, but it's not illegal. Like no one. No one thinks the NSA isn't doing surveillance. They're obviously doing it somewhere. It kind of doesn't matter. Like, it feels like it's a scandal, but it kind of doesn't matter if it is in this building. It's just not public record that this is an NSA thing. So one of the contributing factors is that there's an FBI headquarters, I don't know, like a block over. Oh, really? So it's, like, even quite close to the FBI? Yeah, like, there's other government buildings all around. It's Manhattan. So... You can't, it's like, you can't confidently say that it's the NSA, but everyone kind of goes, but it is there. Based on my, obviously the reason I found this object was because of the fact it has no windows, but <laughs> um, I, like, I would at this point be more surprised if it's not an NSA building than yeah. if it is. Yeah. So That's I had fair. to say probably or likely in the thing for two reasons. I now genuinely believe someone from the NSA will listen to this and I do not want to say something wrong. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> but also i wouldn't lie to you john <laughs> uh i think you've shown that you would based on the format of this show so there you go yeah. um right I, I see your logic i see your logic yeah like <laughs> I, I, I i couldn't say it wasn't but also i'm not doing a podcast about a windowless building and not getting involved in a government conspiracy so i'm just going to move straight on to statement three then Mm-hmm. Was just the lack of windows the reason that people striked, if that's the right tense? They had, their lawyers had some good points. Um, <laughs> let me get my, let me get my thing. I'll call this one windowless depression. Um, <laughs> they claimed that lack of natural light was giving them claustrophobia. I think if this thing happened now, they would use like seasonal affective disorder. Oh yeah. Or depression. I feel like they didn't quite have the terminology to talk about just how... De- problematic not having natural light was but obviously there are people who work in dark places um they also said that insufficient airflow was making them dizzy and short of breath and because of the this was the main thing because of the additional security measures they got their breaks and whatever but they didn't have they only got 15 minute morning and afternoon break and that's not enough time to get out through the bottom and get enough in and they needed more of a break because they didn't have windows to open and stuff like that that's just like so depressing (laughs) it sounds awful it is. It's not. There's like I'm sure there were heaps of articles about it at the time because union things in America aren't quite as common as our countries. I don't think. But um, it was kind of a passing comment in uh, the typical buyers of the building. But I kind of loved it. I thought it was great. What the fact that they were striking? There wasn't that much on it. No, that there was. Um, they built this like super secure building, and then the workers are like, "Hang on a second. This doesn't quite seem fair." Yeah, we hate it. it just seem interesting that they. I mean. Obviously, you're saying it's like just lack of the correct terminology, but to say they're claustrophobic in this building with massive ceilings. Well, this is another thing that's reason it kind of jumped out at me. Have you ever done the stadium tour at Chelsea Football Ground? <laughs> I have not, no. No. So when, I can't remember which manager it was, one of them came in after um, Roman Abramovich bought it, and it was after the Claudio Ranieri 
So mid 2000s and it was a place where the home team kept losing football matches and that doesn't normally happen in English football really not to a club like Chelsea who was just expanding pretty well Um, and he came in and ordered that they lower the ceiling in the um, opposition dressing room so they actually widened it and gave them more space and lowered the ceiling and the tour guide told me and the rest of the tour that it was because Narrow rooms with a high ceiling help people get really amped up and aggressive and anxious, but by lowering the ceiling and they warmed up the lighting and gave them more space, that made them calmer so they didn't come out of the dressing rooms fired up, having good starts. I don't know if there's any truth in that. I learned it at a football ground, but (laughs) it did make me think of this because the ceilings would be really high, but they would have had a bunch of like cubicle-style rooms, I imagined. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. It also suggests that everyone might get a bit amped up <laughs> in the uh, office yeah. building. Yeah, so you're like kind of on edge and I just imagine this yeah. um, brewing storm of union action. <laughs> um, I'm just going to have to take a pause just because this guy's just texted me <sighs> and said that he's 10 minutes away. Oh, okay. That's good. That's a nice bit of notice. Um, so I'm going to go flick my hot water on because it has to heat up and then we can record for like another 10 minutes. Maybe do the last statement. How does that sound? Okay, sounds good. Right, I'm back. Good. Have we covered that statement pretty much now? Um, I would like to add that they got their morning and afternoon breaks extended to 30 minutes each, paid. Um, (laughs) And also... So it was a successful strike then? Yeah, they they had a Friday afternoon walkout, um, so it wasn't the most dramatic. But uh, the vibe I got was... Well, the thing that I imagined, I guess, was that they were trying to use this as like a tent pole because this was the, um, what are they called? Communication Workers of America Union. And I imagine they tried to like, thought if we can just get one of the cards to fall, the whole house will come down. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a bit of a hassle to staff this building. Like no one really wanted to work in it, but <laughs> yeah, it sounds because miserable. it was so important, they're like kind of like it was not actually a big deal, but they kind of had to tolerate the movement because like it was already hard to staff people. Like yeah. they were talk, talking about higher turnover than every other telecommunications office in the country and like stuff like this. But yeah, they got their longer breaks, which I'm all here for, guys. Good job. Well done. Striking work sometimes. <laughs> Striking can be effective. <laughs> so then, in 1991, small oversight, five million calls blocked in a day. Yep. I've got five dot points on this, and that's the first one. <laughs> My question, I, I had a question about this one that I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. um, you, you did. How many calls are, are there in a day? Uh, I, that's a sh- question I should have thought about. I don't know how many calls there were in 1991. A lot, because this is just pre-internet. Oh, yeah. Okay. And how many... Yeah. I mean, I can be look a lot, it up now. It? Let's see how many phone calls there are in a day now. I'm going to guess 1.2 billion. Not an easy thing to answer, but also I do use DuckDuckGo as my internet search engine of choice, and that's not the best internet search engine. <laughs> DuckDuckGo? Yes. Why do you use DuckDuckGo? Uh, they don't keep your data, ever. Oh. And they're natively included on iOS if you would like to use them, along with Bing, Yahoo, and this little other one you might have heard of called Google. Google. I see. Six billion in 2012... In 2011, there were 4 billion cell calls a day. So, 5 million's not the uh, majority, but it's certainly a lot. No. So, what was the small oversight? (laughs) So, they had backup 
electricity, which was their own generators that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, so the system was built pretty well to switch from main grid power onto backup, and that all went fine. But it went over to battery, that the generators <laughs> charge a battery, and then the battery works. And <laughs> due to some training that was happening, I don't know what the training was for, but some training that was happening, no one checked to see, like there was a checklist to go through with the generators. No one checked it. And there was an alarm to say it's on ba- it's on battery and it's not charging. And uh, eventually it all just cut out and there was just <laughs> nothing happening. It's not the kind of system where it cuts out and you just turn it back on. So they had some downtime, which sounds like not that big of a problem. And I guess 5 million isn't that many. But I think for a telecommunications provider, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm going to say that's, uh, that's not too great, is it? No, no. Jesus. Imagine being, the, imagine being the guy with the clipboard with all the boxes and they're like, you checked them all, right? Or someone from the, <laughs> someone from the top floor tries to call down and the, the call doesn't go through. And they're like, yeah. hmm, odd. That's the first of the five million. And they go, oh no. <laughs> I think we made a mistake here, guys. Was there much uh, backlash after this happened? I'm assuming there was. I mean, enough for it to still be talked about now. Or did the NSA cover it up? Well, not very well. <laughs> uh, look, I think the problem with these ones, we have it in Australia with Telstra as well. They're quite easily the biggest, so even when they do stupid stuff like that, no one actually does anything about it. And yeah, because you, you just can't avoid them. The, I'll tell you what definitely happened, though. Employees for the rest of time have more checks and balances to go through because of that one stupid thing. Oh, definitely, yeah. I and think that in, like, in yep. so many jobs, people must have to do extra like checks and stuff because someone was an idiot in the past. <laughs> yeah, every single problem, that's what that is. <laughs> Is there much more on that statement then? I mean, I think we've sort of covered them. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. It was, it, I told you, John, no questions. It's been hard to ask him, I'm not going to lie. Everything's just sort of wrapped up neatly. Look, I do my best work under pressure. It's true. Um, it also makes it another one that's very hard to pick apart. <laughs> well, we've got one that's not true. So one of, <laughs> one of them's very easy to pick apart. The uh, probably NSA one. Uh, yeah, I think it's... the NSA is the like, deepest and broadest of the statements. <laughs> do you think you know there's a lot there's a lot in that but also it's uh legislatively secret it's specifically think, not to be talked about i think the 1983 one is true because i think oh yeah i think unions i just think about i watched that netflix series on the the mafia in new york and like all this stuff what was oh, okay. it called? I what it's called and like there's a lot about unions and striking and it makes it seem like it's was quite a common thing in the 80s I haven't watched Whether that, that one was, yet. What was it called? It was called like Fear City. It was all about like it was really good actually. Okay. All about like uh, recording the mafia and their links to construction unions and stuff. Yeah, they did some. But good that work. just makes me that just makes me think that number three is probably true because people like to strike. Um, it was a good. I don't know about there, but in Australia, it was a very good decade for the union movement. I suppose here there was plenty of unions, and plenty of strikes, but we also had some not very nice <laughs> people. <laughs> In power, so uh, quite specifically, as a yeah. politician, yeah, well, shut down specific. the north. Oh, so accurate. Well done, just did. Dear, I'm gonna sip my lemon tea. Definitely not Yorkshire tea. <laughs> oh, love Yorkshire tea. It's the best one. I'll bet you do. It's not <laughs> for everyone listening. It's not the best one. Get a real tea and stop putting milk in tea. Stop it. You need to oh. stop. I cannot condone that message. I've had enough. I've, I've what are you talking enough. about? Get a real tea. It is a real tea. That's terrible. Oh, so wrong. 
It's mediocre. The only thing it's good at is being mediocre. And everyone celebrates well, the fact that it's mediocre. It's consistently bad. It's the same every time. What's a good time. tea, then? Yes. But that's not a good thing. What's a good tea, then? We'll look into it and get a loose-leaf tea from a smaller producer. Tell you what's not oh. a bad huge chain. I think you have them over there. T2. Go into T2. T2. Pick out something interesting. Get a nice little infuser. Put it in a cup. You'll thank me later. This podcast is not supported by T2 or... Uh, paying for advertising in any way. I wish they would. Actually, don't worry about paying. I need a new um, see-through teapot. If you could get onto that, please, guys. And I want more Yorkshire tea. I'm not getting any loose-leaf tea, and I'm having milk in my tea. Just a little bit. I can't believe you said that to me. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) I'm actually fuming. Loose-leaf tea. No one's got time for that. It's not good. It's not good, though. No one's got time for loose-leaf tea. You fancy bastard. Uh, <laughs> it's also low waste. That's not why. It's also better. You get to. Oh, you, yeah. you, here's what you need. You need scales. You, you can need compost to control your tea the dose. Bags. You need to control the ratio to water. You need to control the temperature, and you need to control brew time. Or you boil your kettle, put a tea bag in, leave it for about I don't know, a minute, take it out, put a bit of milk into it. That's enough. <laughs> no. con- that's enough control for me, and it's delicious every time. I'm just thinking about the listeners who thought they were coming to an actual history podcast. Um, yeah. I've got a kettle in my top cupboard that has 65 degree, nah, 60 degree, 70 degree, 80 degree, 90 degree, 95 degrees, and boiling on it as buttons, and it's one of my favourite things I have. That's a load of rubbish, that is. A kettle will go to one temperature, hot. (laughs) Hot enough to make average tea taste like average tea. Oh, God. It does, having this conversation does make me want a cup of tea, though, so there you go. Definitely going to make one in the... Uh, <sighs> I anyway, really haven't achieved back the, anything. Back to the statement. Back to the Pick statement. a lie. It's between one and two, and I'm going to say that it's... I think two is the lie. You think two is the lie? Yeah. Remind us what pro- two was, John. Uh, that oh, yeah. in 1991 there was a small oversight. I think that's a lie, because I think NSA is probably in that building. They're probably everywhere. <laughs> that's another thing. They're probably in every building. Oh dear. You're not right. You're definitely not right. <laughs> oh, is it nine eighty three? Yeah, I made that made that one up. That's a good lie then. I was I was in that one. I, made I also that felt up. very sorry for everyone who works in that building though, so there's slight <laughs> yeah. empathy there. Um nah, I just didn't really I was just sitting here and I like had a lot of statements that I could use as facts, but I didn't have anything I could use as a lie. And I'm like That's because you have to make that one up, Justin. Hmm. It would be kind of unpleasant in there. Maybe they, maybe they got some union actions. Then I had to look up <laughs> the 18th, the name of the Com- Communication Workers of America Union. Um, turns out they do have they do have complaints quite often. They are all over the internet. Yeah, not about this building, but you did make uh, it very believable though, because I mean, it sounds like a terrible place to work. Yeah, I imagine being claustrophobic. And the only problem was I then wrote out afternoon tea and morning tea, and I thought. I don't know what they call after, because in Australia we call them smoko and second smoko. So I'm like, hmm, I don't know how to figure out what they would call this break. So I just call it after morning break and after smoko. Break. Is that what you call a break? Smoko. Smoko. There's also a town in Victoria smoke. called smoko. I'm assuming as if you go in for a smoke. Yes, not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. They are a country that pretty successfully eradicated that terrible, terrible habit. But that was the idea, yes. Would you rather smoke a cigarette or have a Yorkshire tea? I have a Yorkshire tea. <laughs> I don't think the chance of getting cancer from a Yorkshire tea is very high. <laughs> Although, I mean, obviously, I'd, if you said put cow juice milk in it, I'd still take the Yorkshire tea, but I wouldn't enjoy it. 
Stop saying cow juice milk. It's so disgusting every time you say that. Cow juice. Oh, I went to say it to someone when I was giving them a coffee the other day. <laughs> 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 I had to really stop. I said cow milk instead. Um, Do you know, I've got yeah. so distracted from this object in this life because you've gone on about tea so much. I'm like, that was that was the idea because it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have a great one. So I thought, <laughs> now's the time. I can only play this Yorkshire tea card once, but I'm going to play it now. <laughs> this is, yeah, we've definitely just completely lost track of this episode because uh, we spoke about tea for ages, but there you go. The only th- other thing I wanted to add about the, the breakdown that was true, it interrupted air traffic control of 398 airports. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's a lot of airports. <laughs> this building just is crazy. Yeah. It sounds like a good... Uh... Good design choice, doesn't it? And so they had an arrangement with the electricity company that whenever the electricity company asked them to, they would switch over to their generators and back up power yeah. so that they could maintain grid supply. That's why they switched over. Um, so they did it quite often and they were quite good at it. They just didn't do it properly on this one day and yeah. then also missed the alarm to tell them they hadn't done it properly. There's not a huge amount written about it. It's kind of like an anecdote on uh, Wikipedia and mentioned in uh, one other thing, but... Yeah. There you go. It's a good object, though. It's fascinating. But uh... We got away with one. For the listeners, I don't know if I'll include it at the top. I did not remember we were recording today. We pulled it together. <laughs> we pulled it together. I've had a lot of coffees. Yeah, I uh, Well, I, I was very late as well. Also, we've just probably finished the episode, or the most of the episode, before John has an inspection on his property, which is a good effort. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's probably, I hope it's going to be perfectly timed, so that... Hmm. But there you go. You're not getting an inspection today. Don't worry, just thank you. Well, we don't know. You might. Of... We don't know. You might have forgotten. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if they came to the office now, they would find an almost consumed, horrible-looking green smoothie, green smooth drink trademark, um, a half-drunk lemon tea, an empty coffee cup. They would just be like, "This guy has a wide variety of drinks." I am convinced that you live off mostly a liquid diet. Well, it's not even, not even false. If you count pretty wet overnight oats as partially liquid then almost entirely yeah i do count that as liquid so there you go i think at some point along there the episode got ended I yeah hope so. I think so, yeah <laughs>